helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Certified Christian Counselor and Director of Ottawa's Elam Counseling Services. Hi, this is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. I want to thank you for being with us today on this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. As usual, we have another interesting show lined up for you today. Today's show is on birth order. Yes, we're talking about the position that you fall within your family, whether you're being the firstborn, the middle child, the last child, or maybe an only child, or maybe you you were part of a twin, we'll be looking at how those position, the position in which you fall, affects you, and what are some of the characteristics that you're most likely to have as a result of being in that position, and also have a look at the why behind it, why there are certain characteristics that fo- that follows a birth order. But before we get into those exciting and interesting aspects of the show, I want to tell our first-time listeners a little bit more about Elim Counseling Services. So in case you're not familiar with Elim Counseling Services, we are a Christian counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. Yes, and by professional counseling, I mean that our services are covered by most major insurers. We see a lot of government workers who come to us and they have their their claims honored by their insurance companies. And as I said, we have no problems with major insurance companies. One thing that sets us apart from other counseling organizations is that we also offer sub subsidized counseling for those who may not be able to afford the regular rates of counseling. And we we are very passionate about this because we find that in our society, many of many times people who really need counseling are not able to get the help that they need because they they can't afford it. So we have tried to make it affordable by offering a sliding scale, and uh, and at times we we offer counseling at very little cost for people who are disadvantaged in our society. People such as people who have lost a job, uh, single moms who haven't yet secured a job and uh, newcomers to Canada. So we, we, we think that it's very important to provide counseling at a subsidized rate. If you are a, a, a listener, long-time listener to this show, I'd like you to consider making a donation to the ministry because it is through donations that we are able to reach out to those in need and offer counseling while, while paying our overheads and, and keeping our counselors on board. We are also able to continue this radio show by generous donations that we get. So if you appreciate this show and if you appreciate the work that we have been doing or if you have benefited from this ministry, I'd like you to consider making a donation to us. Uh, as usual, we have Melissa Waggot in studio with us today. And without further ado, I, I want to, to, to welcome Melissa. Welcome. Thanks, Michael. It's always, always so good to be here with you and to explore these topics that we choose each week. And mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited to learn more about birth order and why it makes us do the things we do, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, off the top, too, Michael and I were, were talking to each other to see where each of us fell within our own family's birth order. And we found out we were both first 
firstborn children. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. So we both have the same traits or the same problems. I was going to say the same issues. <laughs> no wonder we can't get along. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we'll see how that impacts our relationship, but mm-hmm. also how we relate to others. And for those yes. of you who fall in a different sequence, we'll also get to learn more about you as well. Absolutely. And I just remember that I was remiss in giving out the contact information mm-hmm. before. And I guess that has something to do with my birth order as well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm losing a little bit of my memory because of the, the, the characteristics of the bird order. But anyway, we'll get into that later on in the show. So for the contact information for Elim Counseling Services, is our, our telephone is 613-699-1677. And our website is elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, elimcounselingministry.com. And so with birth order, Michael... Why have you chosen it as a topic today? How how does it affect us as individuals? Well, I think, uh, first of all, I chose it as a topic because I think it's often an overlooked area in in counseling, counseling within church groups, counseling within professional psychotherapy. Many counselors and many, many uh, pastors and lay counselors do not understand the, significant of birth, the significance of birth order. But we know from studies that have been done that a person's birth order influence their the, the qualities that they have it influences the kind of the, 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 how they relate to others so sometimes the the problems that we encounter within our congregation the, the problems that we encounter in adult relationships between adults is sometimes as a as a result of the birth order that a person falls in it is also it can also be be part of the solution because if we understand the the strengths that might belong to a person because of their birth order it can be an important tool to understand how to better relate to that person and how to tap into the strengths of that person so as we'll see later on uh, that the, the the birth order in which you are fall the literature the studies have shown that there are some qualities that 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 have been consistent in 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 being able to 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 determine the the, the qualities of a person based on on their birth order. So I think a, a good way to sort of go through this would be by the different types of positions we can fall within our families. And selfishly being the firstborn mm-hmm. and wanting to go first in everything, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can walk through what the characteristics of a firstborn child can look like. Well, as I mentioned, I'm also a firstborn <laughs> as well. And I think before I go into the qualities, let me just talk a little bit about what differentiates the firstborn from the other children. N- number one is that the firstborn child uh, is the only child that comes into a family that has the undivided attention of both parents. There are no there's that time no one else is competing for that time that child gets the the sole attention of 
both parents. Uh, one of the other things about firstborn is that with firstborn children, there's usually a lot of hype and excitement about the firstborn. We have the biggest baby album, right? <laughs> yes, we have the most photos. <laughs> exactly. And, oh, she looked at me. Yes, Here's a photo. Yes, I still have photos from, from, from being a baby, like, you know, that, that I still have with me having surprisingly lots of hair and, <laughs> you know, looking, looking very cute. I know that it's probably hard for, for people to believe today, but, but, but as, a, as a baby, that, you know, we still have those pictures of me. And I think it had something to do. And can you just imagine it was in a day when, you know, cameras weren't that, that readily accessible. So I think as a firstborn, there is, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of special attention, and everything that the firstborn child does or accomplish is magnified. So parents who see their firstborn taking that first step, it's like, wow, look, he's walking, he took that first step. And it's like the biggest miracle, you know, <laughs> since Jesus walked on water. But, mm-hmm. but then, you know, the second child comes along and it's like, oh, yes, you know, we know that he would walk one day. We saw it with our first child. So, you know, firstborn has a lot of hype. The, the grandparents are also excited. It's their first grandchild. And so the, the, the firstborn child is, is, is usually... Uh, is usually very, very, very symbolic in the family and gets a lot of attention, a lot of, a lot of gifts, and there's a lot of, a lot of attention and praise that is heaped on everything that that child does. So it's not surprising that as a result of that, that the firstborn develops certain qualities that the other children doesn't have. So the literature says that firstborn children usually are very powerful and influential. There are other qualities as well that they they talk about with with firstborn children. They tend to be well-organized. They are determined. A lot of firstborn children are are born leaders. They they have leadership qualities, and I think this comes from the leadership role that they they plays. They they play among the the rest of their siblings because a lot of time when other children comes along, then the firstborn oftentimes become a, a sort of a secondary parent where they're in charge of babysitting the others, keeping the the other children well-organized and and well-behaved if the parents are not there. So these kind of exposure helps a firstborn to develop leadership qualities. So so firstborn uh, often goes on to be be leaders in society, and I I think it, it is interesting that it starts in the family, and, and it's usually as a result of the, the the birth order. Are there some less than ideal qualities <laughs> that come with being the firstborn child? The things you described there, I think, obviously being a firstborn myself, I'm like, yeah, yes. that's great. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But are there some not so nice things that come with being first? Absolutely. I think as firstborn children too, we can we can have an eager desire to please others, and so we can become people pleasers like as a firstborn if you know we can become very stressed if we feel that we're in an organization where our best efforts are not being rewarded or if 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 someone seems to be unhappy with us we we sometimes find it very hard to to tolerate disappointing others so because of this eagerness to please we can find it very difficult to deal with stressful situations uh, firstborn also can be can 
be very predictable where they, they like to play it safe they they don't want to take risk and so you know they will they will they will take the 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 the, the path that is 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 predictable so they will get a job and they will stay in that job for life instead of maybe branching out into taking risk in other areas because they, they want to play it safe. They want to avoid trouble. So these kind of qualities are, are the literature uh, says are we see in firstborn. Another negative quality of a firstborn is that firstborn at times tend to be perfectionist. Like they want everything to be done perfect. So if, if you have, want a task to be done quickly, don't give it to our firstborn. Uh, firstborn will, will be meticulous in, in most cases, meticulous in trying to get this done and presented in a way that, that, that's perfect. It's because we don't like to get in trouble and we want to please people, Michael. I feel like this is becoming my personal counseling <laughs> session. Sorry, listeners. Um, and so after the firstborn um, comes your middle children. So similar mm-hmm. to what you described there for the firstborn uh, child. If you can just give us a sense of the circumstances they come into, how it causes them to be who they are, and sort of the positive and negatives that come mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the middleborn child, and we see a child coming in where... As I said, the firstborn gets the undivided attention of the parents. But with the, with the middle child, what we find is that the middle child comes into the family setting with sharing attention with an older sibling. So the, the middle child is actually competing for the attention, the attention of, of the parents. So the middle child, uh, as a result, develops certain qualities. The middle child has a tendency to be able to be great negotiators, for example. They have been able to negotiate difficult situations because they're in, in a situation where they have to at times deal with conflict with an older sibling and they have to be they, they don't have the the strength or the physical strength to dominate. So they have to develop other ways in which they can make their voice heard and other ways in which they can they can they can get their, their needs met in, in in sibling rivalry. So a lot of times uh, the, the middle child learns to be good negotiator. The middle child can also be the the kind of the, described as as negative qualities as well because they can feel as if they don't matter. They can be the lost child because in terms of the birth order, they don't fall in a very special position. They don't have the the, the novelty and the, the, the praise that the, the firstborn gets. And at the same time, they don't have they don't get a lot of the the the, the spoiling that the, the the baby child or the, the last child in the family gets. So the middle child is sometimes the, the lost child in the family system and research shows that the middle child sometimes are the one that has the least pictures in in family albums you know with the last born especially if it's a surprise baby they get a little bit of that praise that is heaped on the first born and they because of the the fact that they are younger they tend to get a lot of a lot of privilege but the middle child can be in in that situation where they're kind of of the the, the lost the lost child and then last but not least, <laughs> the last born or the youngest, the babies in the family. Mm-hmm. How is their, uh, their role within the family impacting how they are treated when they're growing up and the type of characteristics that we see 
as they get older. So the, the, the youngest child is kind of a special position, as, as I say as well. And the middle child oftentimes comes along and gets a lot of benefit. The fact that parents have gone sometimes mellowed out with age, right? So the, 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 the first child where parents can be strict with the first child and, you know, have rules well laid out and uh, avoid certain risk. By the time the last child comes along, parents are a lot more flexible and uh, a lot more in, in, ter- in terms of allowing children to do risky things or to stay out later than usual. So the, the, the last child sometimes gets a lot of privilege that the other children look on and say, but wait, when I was that age, when I was 16, I didn't get to do the things that I see this my younger brother or sister doing. And this can sometimes cause conflict within the family within the family situation and sibling rivalry but in it can also as a result of those special privilege the, the firstborn because of that kind of uh, of more freedom the sort of last born because of more freedom often develop to be very sociable individuals with lots of friends, very popular. And because they have older siblings to look up to and to emulate, they usually function very well in, 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 in social circles. They're usually very affectionate as well. And the, the, the literature tells us that a lot of times they are entertainers or, you know, great storytellers. And do they ever run the risk sometimes of being viewed always as the baby? Yes, I I think that's the risk because I have clients who will tell me, you know, I'm in my 50s and at family gathering, I'm still the baby. Nothing that I say is really taken serious. So those are the the negative sides as well. So in family circle, you might have a great idea. You might be the the, the president of a large company and everyone in your your professional circle look up to you. But when it comes to the, the Christmas dinner or the Thanksgiving dinner, your voice is not as important as an older brother or the, the older sister who still in the, psychology, the psychological makeup of that family is, is seen to know more and to be respected more in, and, in the family. And so now we're going to take some time to go some, to some unique family makeups mm-hmm. that kind of, mess, I shouldn't say mess up, but affect this birth order sequencing. But before we go into that, I just wanted to make a comment and clarify with you, as much as we're, we're stating these are the traits and mm-hmm. these are what we see in people, is it that generalizable or is it like many things that there are variants within this? So just because you're a first child, you may have some characteristics of right. the baby mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Right. So when, when we talk about uh, this kind of research in, in psychology, what we're saying is that the literature shows that there is... There is evidence that these qualities uh, covers a significant percentage of people who are firstborn. It doesn't mean that 100% of the people who are firstborn have all of these traits because there can be other factors as well, such as the, the, the personality of the person, the, 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 the kind of family that the person is raised in, the values of the families, whether or not there was abuse in that family. And, and so these other, there are other factors that can affect these traits and, and, and make them not be true in, in a person's situation. But we are speaking about general terms here when, when we say that these are, the, these are the tendencies that we see. So it, it's not necessarily that it's, it's in, it is true in 
every case. And so some other family types we wanted to talk about are um, only children. They, their birth order is I am number one. So how yes, does that affect yes. them? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go into only children. But before I do so, let me just welcome our listeners who are just joining us. Welcome to the Life Transformation Radio Show. And thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For those who have been listening, thank you for listening to this show. I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And with me, the, the voice that you have been hearing is Melissa Wagat. And Elam, can, you can find out more about Elam at at elimcounselingministry.com elim is spelled E-L-I-M elim counseling ministry counseling with two L's ministry.com you can also call us at 613-699-1677 so Melissa had asked me about only children only child and how an only child what are some of the the characteristics of of an only child but let's just look at what are some of the the factors that could help to shape that mm-hmm. those traits first of all so when when there is an only child that child gets undivided attention they're not competing for the the attention of other siblings they they're they're used to 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 being given all the attention of the adults in their in their family circles. So as a result, what we find is that only child only child can be can be spoiled. We can be be treated in such a way that they feel that they expect this kind of undivided attention from others in society. So it can have a negative effect as well. Like when you talk about only children. Uh, on the child being spoiled in adult relationship, they will expect if they if they get married to a spouse, they will kind of expect that the relationship should be all about them, that they should be treated in in the in the same way they were treated in their family of origin. So, but there there are other positive traits that the the older child can have. Only children, because of being treated special and being given undivided attention attention they can grow up to be very very confident children mm-hmm. and you're getting a lot of one-on-one time with adults too yes. so i would think developmentally in the type of language you learn and the interactions it's very adult based yes yes so they, they're usually very confident in interacting with adults so they're the kind of people who you know in in high school they would be the heads of clubs and they could you know, make arrange, make make plans to interact with parents or to, to to speak with teachers about setting up groups and running fundraising activities and so forth. They're very comfortable with adults. But one of the the downside that we see very common in 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 in, in only children is that they they tend to lack the social skills with their peers. Like they might be good in 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 adult business relationship but when it comes to social skills because they have not learned to 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 deal with uh, a sibling in the day-to-day the day-to-day involvement in their home when it comes to social skill they can be a little bit at a disadvantage because they haven't had the day-to-day practice or the the day-to-day exposure of developing those social skills of working out conflict with with a peer where where you know they're 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 fighting over toys and they have to learn to negotiate that an only child misses out on those 
experiences. So when they are faced with conflict in real life situation, they can be at a loss as to how to deal with that conflict with their with their peers. So if you if you think about a marital situation where someone is from a a a, 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 a it's an only child and then suddenly they're the marriage where they have to be dealing with another person around their same age. This, this person is not a superior like a parent or a teacher and then they have to be able to negotiate conflict. This can be very threatening for an only child because they they haven't had a lot of conflict growing up. If they wanted a toy they got the, they got to play with the toy. If they if they needed anything it 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 was there for them. But marrying to a spouse who might be from a family of many children who are used to conflict, then there can be a uh, a, a clash of family values, so to speak, where conflict is very foreign to the, the older child, but the, 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 the spouse who is from a, a, a family with many children is very comfortable dealing with They may not even see it as conflict. They're like, yes. this, we're not even loud yet. <laughs> and so uh, another situation that I think can come up are situations where you may have children in the family with developmental um, needs that are different or maybe there's delays or health issues mm-hmm. um, that come up through childhood how do those types of things affect birth order and relationships a, a disability in the family or a child that is developmentally challenged affects the birth order in that they can be, uh, be they can be treated as the youngest child despite the age factor. And as the youngest child, I mean that they need a lot of attention. So a young, a youngest child would eventually grow up and need less of attention. Or when another sibling comes into the picture, the attention diverts, more, more focuses on that younger child. But if, if there is someone in the family who is disabled, then they demand a lot of attention of the parent care. So even though they might be in the birth order, the, the oldest child, they are treated as the youngest child, they're in fact, the, the, in, in terms of psychological age, the youngest child because of the amount of attention and care that they develop. This also affects the other sibling in terms that because of the excessive amount of, of, of attention that these children need, other siblings can often feel as if they are shortchanged because children don't understand that my brother is paralyzed uh, and he needs mom's attention all the time. What they're feeling in most cases is that why can't I get the same amount of attention that my brother is getting? A very sad situation some years ago where I'm talking with someone who is an adult and he's going through his childhood with the amount of time that his his brother occupied with his parents and he said to me, I wish that I was born paralyzed because the attention that my brother got, I would have if I were paralyzed, I would have loved to get the kind of attention and special care that he got. So, so he would have given up his health to get the love and attention. And, and I think this can affect children. So ch- parents who are dealing with this situation in their family has to be very careful that they, they try to spend equality uh, uh, time and a lot of time with their their sibling. Unfortunately, we are running out of time today, and we we could talk about other circumstances as well. But maybe we'll we'll save that for another show in the future. So, if you have been listening to us, I do hope that you find this information very helpful. If you'd like to have more information on this or about other shows, please give us a call at six one three six nine nine one six seven seven. You can also. Uh, 
tweet to us or, or comment on our Facebook by, by going to the link on our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, elimcounselingministry.com. And thank you very much for being with us today on the show again, Melissa, and for those wonderful questions <laughs> You're that you very welcome, today. Michael. And until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you for listening.